This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, a weekly show to help you prioritize your health, happiness, and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane. Enjoy the podcast. Diana, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. So we might launch straight in. Can you tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay, so my name is Diana Braybrook and I am a high school English and history teacher. I've been teaching for eight years um, at a little private school, a little private Christian school, and it has um, about 635 students, but that's actually from prep to year 12. Yes. So, but before that, um, I guess it actually took me 10 years to finish my degree. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But I did have, in all honesty, I had some significant health um, and some life circumstances, I guess. And this is then obviously outflowed into then my teaching practice, but I have actually done a lot of work on that. But um, yeah, so when I um, I was previously married and he actually went missing, persons missing, and it was actually the day before I had to go on a prac. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so he, he had his own um, mental health issues. And so being the good old, you know, I'm going to make a difference, I still went on prac and burnt myself out completely. Wow. But, yeah, yeah, and it, was, it wasn't a very good prac. I must say, um, and even though I really opened up to my mentor, they kind of just kept away from me or didn't really touch base with me. Um, and then at the end they were like, so midway actually I did really well and then at the end they actually failed me and I was like, uh, you gave me high distinction in the middle, this doesn't wow. make sense. And then they said, oh, we were just being nice because we didn't want to hurt your feelings. Oh. <laughs> I know, right? So you can see how this is then going to <laughs> affect the rest of my career career Mm. and um but I did manage to go and talk with um uni lecturers and I did end up passing due to obviously the circumstances and because they had done so they had given me such a good grade in the midway um and I still feel like I did a good job um so I'm not actually entirely sure what happened there so anyway regardless of that it took me 10 years because I really had to step back. There's loads going really, on. Yeah. I had to do my own journey of just healing. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't, and then do what a lot of people do, just throw yourself into other work, which was just waitressing and cleaning and things like that just to busy my mind. Um, I did work in a little um, Christian school, um, one of those ones that do, like, um, have you heard of it? Like the accelerated Christian education materials where they oh, have, sit yeah. at little, yeah, so they little they sit at little desks and they put up the flags and so I've worked there. But at the moment I'm working at this lovely, lovely school and I um, also run a social justice group, which is called Hope Group. And oh. I know, and so we actually go on yearly trips to Cambodia. Um yeah, and we work with girls who've been previously trafficked and our girls go in there and teach them English and run games and we build them little hearts and wash their, wash, wash the kids' hairs from knits and stuff like that. So that's a really rewarding part of my job. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, 
I've always worked, well, I've worked full time up until I was really, my anxiety was kicking in again. I said, I'm going to go down to four days a week to give myself some breathing room. But then I actually felt pregnant. And so the person who was going to take over my job said, I really want a five-day job. <laughs> so I did five days and um, for the first five weeks of term one in 2015, and then I had my son. Oh, cool. And yeah. so then you've been back teaching since being on maternity leave. Yeah. And so two days a week at the moment, is that right? Yeah, so I'm back two days a week. So I work on a Monday, Tuesday, and then the rest of the week it gives me time to do anything to do with my coaching and just to recover, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so you haven't really mentioned the coaching yet. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so um, I'm an anxiety life coach and I work with women who have anxiety um, and help them basically get more confidence, help them with their decision-making, even helping them get out to events and feeling confident about being there. Um, but I don't work with people who have, like, the significant anxiety, depression, um, you know, the, the disorders and stuff. Yes, so, so you refer them on. Yeah, so I definitely refer them on. So they're people who've done the work, but they just need that – um, extra support to help them get through whatever it is for those next three or six months, whether that's to get to their event or to finish a course or to make a, an important decision. Mm. So, yeah, so I'm really loving that. I've been running that for the past, it'll be nearly three, actually three years in May. Wow. So you've yeah. been doing that as well as teaching part-time. Yes. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so you can imagine how. Sounds familiar. <laughs> how hectic it is. And then you throw a baby in the mix. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's added a whole nother layer again. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about, um, obviously, you've mentioned a couple of the challenges that you face, particularly early on, um, but can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you faced in your teaching journey, particularly, you know, with regards to your health and well-being? Yeah. So I just remember in particular the first probably three, maybe even first four years they were nuts. Like, I don't know about for you, but mm -hmm. just those first year, first four years were just crazy. And also, I was in a small, and I still am, I'm still at the same school, a small school, four little demountables, um, really beautiful environment and supportive environment, but just finding myself completely burnt out. <laughs> so, I guess some of the challenges I faced working in a small school was I get there and there are limited resources. So I am having to source them myself. I have one memory where I was at the Lifeline Book Fest going through all of the um, tables, sourcing modern history textbooks, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, for my class. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, lugging them back to school because I was too nervous to ask for money <laughs> to buy my resources. Mm. And also, you know, in my experience working in small schools as well, there's there is there are limited resources to go around, but there's also fewer hands to help with a lot of the jobs. So you can end up taking on a lot yes. more of those sort of extracurricular and co-curricular activities because there's there's just fewer people to to put their hand up to help for those sorts of things. Did you find yeah. that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm just, I'm looking back at it going, oh my gosh, how did I do it? Because I got there and there had already been 
a new modern history teacher every year for like the past three or four years. Yeah. And then they went, here's the program, have fun with it. And I'm like, where is everything? And there's nothing there really to work with. I had to write my, I had to rewrite the program in my second year. Mm, so you're starting from scratch, really. <laughs> so I still remember just going, oh my gosh, how do I even, where do I start with writing a program? And it's then we were job. also at that stage because it was a small school, then we're not in the staff room. So we're sitting in individual rooms on our own. So we're sort of an island to ourselves as well. Isolated. Um, yeah. But I mean, like I would, I had a very supportive and I still do have a very supportive school and teachers are there. But, you know, you have to kind of go and find them, <laughs> find them at that stage mm. anyway. And so the, I suppose that isolation and the lack of resources um, and, you know, you said you started to feel burnt out. Um, how did you overcome that? What, uh, what solutions and strategies yeah. did you do other than wanting to go back to four days a week? Yeah. So one of the reasons why I burnt out outside of just limited resources and I'm sure from speaking with many teachers and having coached them as well myself, is that perfectionism that we have as teachers, that we so have such a big heart to want to help um, young people that we're like, okay, how can I make this lesson fun? How can I make this engaging? How can I meet all the multiple intelligences, you know? And yep. so I remember for probably those first three, fourth year it started to ease up just staying up till sometimes midnight and then getting up really early to actually plan lessons. And I still have the books today where I wrote down every single question I was going to ask the kids <laughs> just in case, like, I couldn't think of my feet and, you know, they were there at least. Um, so one of the things that I did as I came out of that fog of, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I can't keep doing this, is just – doing the work on myself and speaking to someone like actually talking to a counselor working with a coach and going where is this actually all stemming from yeah. this perfectionism yeah um and also as you've been saying a lot in all of your podcasts it's you know you're a person first and a teacher second That's right. <laughs> um because you do you like it you make work so much about your identity and you do thrive on seeing the kids do really well and you get pumped up by that and so just really going you know what I need to look after my health because I was just constantly getting sick my anxiety was skyrocketing you know so bad that I did end up having to go on medication um and then I've just done the so to get out of that I've done the work you know I've kind of had counseling um, yeah. One of the really big strategies I would say for new teachers and just teachers in general is, you know, we're always given a timetable, right, for teachers. I would say timetable stuff, you know, <laughs> and actually because it actually gives us freedom so true. in doing that. And so, like, even putting in, so, like, I've got my white, <laughs> I'm just realising how much of a nerd I sound right now. No, no, you um, don't, not at all. I'm, like, oh, I'm the same. <laughs> I've got my whiteboard timetable. I can even see it right now. And I've got, like, you know, yoga, um, you know, meditation or um, whatever activity I'm working on. Um, but I factor in my self-care time and make it a priority. So... Absolutely. Yeah, and that has been really, really helpful. Um, I also find 
finding the days. So on a Monday, I teach every lesson bar one. And so, <laughs> so on the Sunday, I make sure I, I call it my tech free Sunday. I don't have, I don't get on technology. Um, if I can help it, I make it a priority. And then I actually go to yoga in the afternoon. In the morning, I actually go to the gym early morning before I get to school. And I've done my self-care for the day. I'm energized because I've exercised and I'm off. <laughs> yeah, so you're making sure that you're scheduling that time so that it doesn't fall off the the list at the end of the day because you've just run out of time or run out of energy. Yeah, yeah, because I'm, I will not – Pretty much most of the time I won't exercise in the afternoon unless it's something like yoga. Yeah. So, again, on a Tuesday I would do that as my ending off ritual of my work week as a teacher. Um, that's what I do because that slows me down. So rather than going and doing a combat class yeah. <laughs> or, some, you know, a CrossFit or something nuts, I'm reflective and slowing down and doing something really nurturing. I mean, you do what works best for you if, if CrossFit or combat does that for you go ahead and do it <laughs> yeah but for me I need to do something that signals the end of the week and that's by being a bit more nurturing yeah yeah <laughs> and nourishing and, well and there's a, a certain ritual about that in 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 getting to the end of your work week which you know for you at the mm. moment where you are at in life you it's two days because you've got a young son and you know you're managing a coaching practice as well um but it's it's that ritual about saying, right, here's the line in the week. This yep. is my ritual to delineate this part of the week from the next part of the week. Yes. Yeah. And that's something I've only put in this year because last year I found, especially because I had that year off maternity leave and I had all that luxury of being at home and, yes, I was running coaching and things like that, but it was on my own terms. And I just remember going back to teaching and being like, all right, I want to be here and I want to be at home and I want to be coaching and I'm exhausted because when I was tired previously or unwell, that was my terms. I didn't have a kid, whereas now it's like he's woken up early and I'm like, ah, how do I manage him and yeah. going to school and, you know, running a coaching practice. So I had to come into this year and go, right, it didn't work <laughs> the way you're doing it last year and you're feeling antagonistic about not the kids but just being there. Mm. And I was just like, how can I make this a nourishing experience and enjoy myself knowing this is where I am at right now? Mm. I love that. And and even just the reflection of going, well, that didn't work. I'm going to do something different. <laughs> <laughs> the lifelong learner, hey? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, um, obviously, exercise has been a big part of um, one of your strategies to, to make sure that you're maintaining your energy and keeping yourself well. Um, what else, what other strategies do you use? Oh, um, at school, one of, the num one of the number one things that has really helped me is actually just having trusted people in your workforce you can talk to about your health about what's going on mentally for you, what's happening even in your classroom and the struggles that you're having. Um, debriefing. Like a, oh, debriefing. It's just so important. And, I mean, Brene Brown talks about this a lot, that, you know, um, to build up your shame resilience, we need to talk about it. Yeah. And I still, like, for example, I remember just before going into block exam week, I was just about to um, walk up to the exam, exam room, <coughs> excuse me, 
And I was like, oh, I'll check my email one last time. And there was a nasty email in there. And just as the nasty email is in there from a parent, then the relief teacher has come in to get my work for another class that she's covering for me because I'm doing an exam. Mm. And she's talking to me going, where's your cover? And I've just gone into meltdown mode because I'm thinking about this lady, <laughs> this parent who's just revved me <laughs> through email. And Never the pleasant. lady, oh, yeah. So my work colleague who sits opposite me, um, she could see that I was going into meltdown mode. She also has anxiety as well, so that really helps. And she turned to the lady, the, to the relief teacher, and went, tell me about it and I'll sort it out for you. Yeah. <laughs> so so she sorted it all out. She's like, Di, hand me the stuff that the lady needs. I'll do it. I'll walk it down there with her. Um, and then somebody else actually came in and said, I'll put out the exams for you while you go and talk to the deputy because I was crying. Yeah, <laughs> and, and well, the, the beauty of that is that when you are when you do have trusted people around you like that, you know, that goes both ways. You help them when they need yes. help. Um, and, yeah. and just having that those connections and to be able to debrief when you need it or, to, yeah, to be able to intervene when you need someone there to just you know, jump in and be on your side. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say it doesn't matter where you are in your career, whether you're a beginning teacher or you've been doing it for 20 years, I think it's always a good thing to be able to talk to someone. Um, you don't have to put up the facade that you're the perfect teacher and, you know, all the kids are little angels in your class. It's okay to go, you know what, they're my same blocks and they were just, just things didn't work and and I think also it's you can be open with your students even you know I've said to them you know last week I'm like guys my voice is going um I'd really appreciate it if we just followed instructions the first time yeah and they did yeah you know <laughs> absolutely and and I yeah. find um it's good modeling as well to to be able to um communicate look I'm not 100% today here people yeah. and you know however old they are that you're talking to. I'm not 100% today. I, I'm here showing up, but I need a little bit of consideration for you, you know, from you. Um, it's good modelling to teach them that, um, you know, there's more than one way to handle a situation. There's, you know, the resilience, you're showing that resilience to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that helps to build rapport for sure. with students. Like I, I see you as a human. Yeah, and the amount of times I've gone, that really helped me when you explained to me that, you know, your son was up all night and let's, like, you know, let's have some compassion for one another and we're all tired here, we're coming to the end of the term and, you know, um, I find that just really helps to settle the kids. It helps to settle me and take pressure off myself, that perfectionism of I need to have the perfect, you know, um, classroom content and delivery and so on. If I go, you know what? I don't have it all. Like, I don't know how to do this. I don't understand the question that you've just asked me, but I will do my, because, you know, they ask some they bizarre do questions. They yeah. <laughs> and you just go, I'll check that up for you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and I think, that you know, that's something that Brene Brown talks about too is just that vulnerability um, yes. of, of being, it's, it's really courageous to actually stand in front of someone and be vulnerable like that, especially if, the someone you're standing in front of is 28 students, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's so powerful. It's so powerful for them yeah. to see, the, yeah. you know, the adults, because they may not be seeing it modelled at home, that the, the adults in the yeah. school at least are, are able to be vulnerable and responsible at the same time. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I and it just takes the pressure off us as teachers. And that'd be my biggest thing to say, like, just take the pressure off yourself. You know, we tie up so much of our self-worth in what we do rather than just going, I'm here and I'm just going to give it my best shot today. Um, or for example, if you're, if you're really feeling worn out, one of the strategies I've done is gone, I'm going to put this back on the students. Like, you know, they can do the learning. I don't have to be at the front of the room going, Da, 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 da. I need to teach them this, this, and this, and keep talking. You know, here's a group activity. Go and take your iPads outside and make a horrible histories yes. song on the Battle of Hastings because that's what we did the other day. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like um, one of the teachers that I've interviewed, she was in episode two, Shaylee, she talked about um, saying to the students, look, I'm here and I'm going to help you, but I'm not going to be investing more than you're investing in your own learning. Like you have to be as the student stepping up and and doing the work for yourself um Mm. and you're so right we can put that back on them and not feel like we have to as the teacher uh control all of the learning in the room and so you know there's some responsibility that the students have and we need to hold them to that yeah and I think coming into it though is we put all those pressures on ourselves and especially with the way the curriculum is these days and how parents are putting all that pressure back on us mm. have you noticed that absolutely just, and I've been listening to your podcast where you've talked about it um, a number of times where you know parents are going why aren't you doing this why haven't you taught this whereas traditionally that would be taught in the home yeah that's you know right. and so for us to go hang on a minute <laughs> these are my boundaries this is what I'm going to allow. I can show compassion and concern and do all the other things that are just life skills outside of the curriculum, but not take it so personally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's a really good segue, I think, to ask you then what does self-care mean to you? What does well-being mean to you? So when I was thinking about this, well-being to me is that it's the end goal. It's that holistic approach of um, physical, spiritual, emotional well-being. So it's your intention on how you want to feel for the day, for the week, for the year. And then the self-care is is the action steps. They're the action steps to get to your well-being. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, thanks. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Because I think they're in, they've got to be interrelated. Oh, they are. You know? So if I want to feel rested and restored, well, my self-care technique would be, you know, for example, I want to be the best for the podcast. I'm going to have a nap in the day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know? Like, it's okay. I can drop everything and I can just have a nap. You know, we got out in nature. And I was actually really intentional about that. And it's so such a good point about being intentional because – so often, and, and that's about the scheduling too, that's about making the self-care and the well-being a, a top priority so that it doesn't get forgotten and neglected at the end of the day. And in order to, to do that, you have to be intentional about it. It has to be a planned thing, you know, in the same way that we know that we don't walk into the classroom without a plan and expect things to go um, mm. really well. We absolutely can't approach our health and well-being without a plan so you've shared a couple today already. So you've shared about um, basically letting go of that idea of perfection and and letting go of tying your self-worth and identity to the job and to the uh, 
the outcomes of the job that are pretty, pretty much out of our own control. And also you've talked about scheduling and exercise and um, and being intentional, having naps and that sort mm. of thing. Mm, um, yeah. Have you got any other tips for especially early career teachers just to set them up for a really thriving career? Yes. Yeah, so um, oh, just setting really good boundaries about what time you're going to get to school, what time you're going to finish your school day um, because I know for me, like, like I said, right at the beginning, I was working till midnight some days and then getting up at five o'clock and then going to school. Yeah. Um, and I know we had this psychologist come into our school and he was talking about, we actually did a stress test and even now, so I'm eight years in and I thought, yeah, I'll be okay with this because my self care is pretty good. And I still was over 40 in the scoring, which is significant, um, stress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so burnout over a long time and still having the effects of it, despite how well I've cared for myself. Um, so if you can actually set some really good boundaries in your early days of, okay, this is when I'm going to get to school. This is what's going to make my day easier. So for me, like not rushing to get to school, like, you know, not stopping off the alarm, you know, five times actually getting there just that little, like little bit earlier. So I go, okay, I can make a cup of tea. It's more a coffee. Easy actually, self in I the day. Say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coffee it up, you know, have your coffee, turn on the computer so that, you know, all the things that could ha- go wrong, for example, like my computer always just dies at school, you know, like you've got that chance for it to reboot. <laughs> So it sets up your day well. And it's, well, it's building in Slack time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, actually, that's a really, really good way to put it. So, like, setting those boundaries, building in that Slack time so that if anything does happen, you can have your little mini meltdown and move forward. Absolutely. Oh, great <laughs> If tip. you need to. Great tip. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay to have a meltdown. Yeah. You know, but if you can avoid it, by yeah, building Slack time so that when when the computer freezes or whatever, there's yeah, it's not an emergency because you've got time to deal with it. Then you, yeah. you're more likely not to have the meltdown because you've you've set yourself up in a way that's preventing that. Yeah, and also actually, you just took my memory. Like building in that Slack time also in, into well, as a high school teacher, I get spares. So like I've always at the beginning of my spare done something a little bit nourishing for myself even if it's a short amount of time, because I know our spares are so precious, you know, so whether that is having that cuppa and just enjoying it without looking at the emails, just having that moment to, to enjoy it. Yeah. Or um, I know if I've got a really stressful class, I'll put on a three minute meditation, three minutes. Like it's not long out of your, I know, you know, we might have 50 minute spares or whatever. Like really it sets up that really nourishing time for the rest of your spare I love that. I find them more productive <laughs> yeah yes yeah. so you, you know? take the three minutes and you end up getting yeah. more out of the other 47 minutes than yes. if you didn't take the three minutes <laughs> yeah exactly and you get you're more focused too so you can go right these are my priorities this is what I actually have to do um and delegating as well jobs like don't be afraid to actually go I need some help with my photocopying can you actually do this for me mm. Yeah, and some schools have <laughs> systems in place for that. Like some schools have yeah. systems for some of those 
um, you know, some of those more administrative tasks mm-hmm. where, you know, there there is a system in the school that supports the teachers with that. But then other schools don't have anything like that mm-hmm. set up. So um, depending where you work, that's going to obviously change and, and what options are avail- available to you yes. there. But absolutely. And sometimes the, the trouble with delegating is that you have to be um, one step ahead of yourself yeah. in order to be you can't be doing things at the last minute if you want to delegate yeah. something like that and that can I often hear people um, tell me that that's the trouble it's like they'd love to be able to hand off the photocopying but that would mean yes. they'd be a whole week in advance <laughs> of their planning and they're just not there um yeah. and so but it's a great thing to aim for if you can get there Oh, absolutely. And I so know what you're talking about because, you know, you might find a resource that morning and go, oh, that's so awesome. Exactly. And you just can't dump that on an admin lady. No, that's um, right. I was more thinking like, because this happened to me the other day, like I'd usually do all my exams myself. And I was like, you know what? I know what the exam's going to be. It's in two weeks time. Let the admin lady do it because you don't have time to do it right now. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and it's being, yeah. and it's being kind to yourself with that too. And, and yeah. Um, you know, giving yourself permission to go there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So great tips. Thanks. Um, so I think we're going to have to wrap it up there. Yes. Uh, but just before we go, can you just tell people a little bit about uh, where they can find you uh, and maybe give a little bit more info about your services and offerings as a coach if people are interested in that too? Okay, so you can find me over at www.diana, just with one N, Braybrook, B-R-A-Y-B-R-O-O-K-E.com. And I'll put a link uh, in the show notes. Thank you. And I've got a closed Facebook group as well um, under the same name. And that's it's closed off so that it's that safe space where you can go and talk about all things anxiety related. It's just for women only. Um, I also have my podcast, which you're going to be also on soon, <laughs> which will be all so awesome. Uh, and hopefully that will be happening in the next two months, but um, I'll let you know and I'm sure you can let your I listeners will, yeah. know all about it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and it's called Beyond the Ashes. So it's all about seeing beyond the ashes of your life circumstances, of how anxiety has affected you and tips and strategies to basically help you get through when you're feeling anxious. Oh, um, I also Sorry, go. Oh, that's, I was going to say, that's, that's wonderful. I can't wait to listen to that podcast. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be awesome. So good. And um, I've got my Alleviate Your Anxiety course, which is happening in the second half of the year. And there's heaps of free resources in my freebie library. So if you just go over to my website and enter your details in, I've got eBooks, there's a free 10 minute meditation, um, e-guides, all sorts of really cool free stuff in there for you to help you with your anxiety. Oh, wonderful. So I will put the links for all of that in the show notes as well for people. Um, And so they can go to www.selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast to find the show notes for this episode. And all of those links will be there. Thanks. Thank you so much, Diana. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed the chat. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. I'd love it also if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes and share it with your friends. This really helps the podcast reach more people and together we can spread the message of teacher wellbeing to create thriving school communities. 
Show notes for this episode can be found at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. You can also find me at facebook.com forward slash selfcareforteachers and on Instagram my handle is at selfcareforteachers. So come along and follow me there.